Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And don't welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. I'm glad you guys could all be with me here on this Friday. We made it to Friday. Congratulations to us. Friday of a big holiday weekend. A lot of people taking a four-day little vacation. Although that's really not even a little vacation. Because it's set up on Tuesday, it feels like a lot of people are taking these, like, it's a big vacation. It's a long, it's a lot of time to just be not working. I'll be working the entire way. Uh, with the exception of Sunday, but I signed up for it and I'm happy to be doing it. And you guys know I was just on a, a bachelor party last weekend. So I'm not, I'm going to be the last person to be like, Hey, whoo, needed myself a breather. No, let's do this thing. CBS Sports Radio tomorrow. I'll be on there on Tuesday as well. And the following Saturday after that, also in on afternoon drive all next week to keep you guys posted. You will not hear me in this slot next week. So I need to keep reminding you guys that. Throughout the show, you come to this program, and please, I beg that you do. Because I still need the ratings, people. So please come to the come to the program, okay? Do me a solid. Make sure that you listen from two to seven in afternoon drive, uh, where I'll be hanging out all week long, and then also hang out at night as well with whoever's in and uh, enjoy the, the the good vibes. We have good vibes all the way across the board. But it's interesting because I I am gearing myself up for this little stretch where it feels like. Everyone's like, oh, it's a dead time for sports. I'm like, no, this is the time to be alive. Let's do this. But I'm just taking it one day at a time. It's all I'm really out here doing. I, I, There's really the only way I can think about it. One day at a time. Let's hang out. I'll be here as you guys enjoy whatever vacation you guys have or whatever work you got to get done as well. I know a lot of you guys are still working Saturday. You're working Sunday. You're working Monday. You're working Tuesday. And you're going to hear a bunch of uh, different people on the radio have different conversations about like, oh, wow. How about that hot dog eating competition, which we will do. Don't worry. And you'll be like, man, I'm stuck here. I'm doing this work. I'm doing that job. I'm doing this. Don't worry. We're just going to talk sports. We're going to talk sports. We're going to hang out, and we're going to have ourselves a nice evening. So let's start with tonight. Let's build off of one, and then we'll just kind of make our way through, as we always tend to do. Where we're starting out is obvious tonight. Some days it's more obvious than others. This one's pretty obvious. I agree with Nick Wilson's sentiment. When Nick said it earlier in the week, as we all kind of had that aha moment that NBA free agency snuck up us, uh, snuck up, up on us, excuse me. And then Nick said, how about a Friday news dump for the NBA? Is 100% right. This makes absolutely zero sense that the NBA would choose Friday night to have their most important day of the offseason and then make it a Friday night at 6 o'clock, now into 7 o'clock, where people then, NBA Reddit, NBA Twitter, their heads are on fire right now. In one corner, we got Kyrie Irving agreeing to a three-year, $126 million deal to return to Dallas. Okay, great. So it's Kyrie and Luca running it back for the Mavericks. I have no idea what, whether or not that's going to work. Zero clue. Fascination everywhere. And then we have all sorts of other deals and all sorts of other happenings. But as you guys know, we zero in on what's going to happen with the Cavs. And in my estimation, there's been three things that are either about to happen or already have happened for the wine and gold. The first one is Karis LeVert and that extension. I think it's the right call. 
I do wonder whether or not Karis Avert is getting this extension based off of what happened in the final month and a half of play as opposed to what happened previous to that month and a half of play. But you know what? The way I look at it in bowling when I used to bowl, college bowler, scholarship athlete is what it is. Don't really bowl anymore. But I always said, you're as good as your last game. That was the mantra we always used to have. We bowlers, that is. You're only as good as your last game. It works in golf, too. I go out and shoot a 85, let's say. Nice day for me. That's fine. I'm as good as my last day. If I shoot 105, guess what? I'm as good as my last day. Is what it is. Karis Avert, past month and a half, really came up big. I thought he was the best midseason acquisition the Cavs had because he wasn't a midseason acquisition. He just all of a sudden morphed into a different player. It was as if we added somebody to the roster that we hadn't been getting for months on end. And I felt like the Cavs kind of took Karis LeVert in that stretch as well, in that, that type of way as well, for good or bad. You know, everyone was sitting there, and they were that meme of the, the stick, and, and like, hey, hey, do something, the one that's poking, and do something. And then the Cavs just kind of sat there and did nothing. And I think they were banking on the idea that Karis LeVert had turned a corner, and then Karis LeVert had turned a corner. So for that type of money... For that type of deal, if we can get the same Karis Avert that we had for the final month and a half, two months of the season, no point, no, no brainer. That was the right call for the Cavs. Not a doubt in my mind. Other two things of importance. Mark Stein saying the Cavs are gearing up to potentially land Georges Nyang and Max Struess. We'll talk about Nyang first. His nickname is the minivan. At first, I thought 6'7", 230, that's an odd name for a minivan. Then I thought, I'm 6'2", 230, and that's not good for me. Man, since I've been hovering around 230, the amount of athletes that are also in that realm, 230, 225, I know he's got five inches on me there as far as height is concerned, but the amount of athletes that are hovering around that 225, 230 range it really kind of makes me feel bad. Life was a little bit better when I weighed like a buck ninety five, and I was like, "Well, I'd be a skinny second baseman at best." Now that I'm six two two thirty, it just it, it it packs a little bit more of a punch. Maybe this is why anytime the fan has any of those who would win in a fight type conversations, I never get any consideration because for the longest time I was six two one ninety. And now I go to the combine weight. Combine weight has me 6'2", 230, and it does. It packs a little bit more of a punch. I mean, it's 40 pounds. It's a big deal. It's 40 pounds, but still. But anyway, it's called the minivan. It's not because of anything to do with his height or his weight or anything like that. I at first thought it was because he might drive like a minivan, which would be an unfortunate you know, thing to make fun of uh, just a reliable transportation vehicle. I mean, why? what are we doing there? My first car ever. Fun fact about me, very first car I ever drove. Purple minivan. Now, yes, it was my mom's old purple minivan because I was 16 and I did not have the type of parents that would buy me a brand new car because, well, because most people don't have the type of parents that would buy you a brand new car. So I ended up with this purple minivan. I called it the pimp purple minivan and I took everyone and anyone there until one night when I was like 17 years old. This guy was leaving the bar and he came out right in front of me. And I crashed right into him because it was raining and I had no place to stop and I hit the brakes. Guy was so drunk. I mean, he, he was, he was drinking, it had to have been beer or whatever it was, like it was tap water. He was just wasted. Came out, I hit him. And at the time I was dipping. I know it's an awful, awful habit. I'm so glad that I don't dip anymore. But at the time I played baseball and everyone dipped when you played baseball at that age. Miserable habit though. Miserable habit. And so. 
I had this dip cup, and I'll never forget it. The dip cup went absolutely everywhere. So not only did I get in this car crash that wrecked my purple minivan, never to be seen again, but I got in this car crash that when the airbag exploded, knocked my dip cup up, and then got everywhere, including all over me. One of the grosser things in life was that realization of, oh, no, I've been in, a- in an accident, and then here's this dip cup with dip juice everywhere, tobacco juice just sprayed all across everything. Oh, so gross. Absolutely so gross. So, anyway, minivan's a good thing. I don't think a minivan's a bad thing, but he's called a minivan. I looked this up on Twitter. Or on uh, Google, it refers to his ability to fill different roles and make valuable contributions to his teams, similar to how a minivan can transport many people and goods with ease. Okay, fine. I'm not going to get hung up on it. I liked him at Iowa State. I'm not going to get hung up on it. The other move that we had was Max Struess. And, again, this is not official. So this is not uh, the please. We are still in the reported side of this. We are not 100% there. We got multiple people saying these are the two names, though, okay? According to a more recent report, and this is kind of one of the guys that's been on it all day, Barry Jackson, 35-year Miami Herald veteran covering South Florida's major sports teams. He says a third team is still trying to get involved to make the Max Drew sign-and-trade work. Chris Fedor was on earlier today on Afternoon Drive. This is what... Fedor had to say about Max Drews potentially joining up with the wine and gold. Yeah, so we've talked on this show, and I've written about Max Drews for basically the last month and a half. It's not a secret that the Cavs covet a two-way wing. It's not a secret that the Cavs are going into this offseason saying we need more shooting. And of the guys that fit the characteristics that the Cavs are looking for. All right, we're going to get you the... Uh... Which of the full-length audio of that? We'll get you the, the version on Max Struess. But the point is, is that Fedor, when he was talking about it with the guys, mentioned how this was a, a player that they targeted. This was a player that the Cavs were really desperate to try to get. This is a player that the Cavs really desperately wanted. He was a good three-point shooter in the regular season, and in the postseason, he just didn't have it. Shot 32% from three in the postseason. It does kind of make you wonder why the Cavs have fallen in love with these players that fall short in the postseason. You know, Donovan Mitchell, as much as, as many 50 point games as he's had in the postseason when he was in Utah, never made it out of the second round. I brought up that point a million times. If I had a dollar for every time I brought up the point that Donovan Mitchell had not made it out of the second round of the postseason, I might have like $37. It was a decent amount of times. It's a decent amount of times, all things considered. And Max Struess at this current point, in his NBA career, is known for, like, the highlight, it's actually a low light, but the most memorable thing he's known for at this point, probably going 0 for 10 in game one of the finals against the Nuggets. He, he was an absolute zero in the postseason and in the NBA finals when they needed him the most. And, and the worry and, I, and the sentiment that was kind of spread across with him was, did Miami get the best out of him because Miami gets the best out of these type of players? Basically, and these type of players, what I mean by that is basically anybody. We throw James Bridges, we throw myself out there, and Eric Spolster's going to find a way to do something with us, okay? That's just the reality of Miami Heat basketball. They're really good at that. Max Drews hadn't been good in any area of life when it comes to the basketball court. DePaul, I looked it up earlier today when he was at DePaul. He finishes like the 27th leading scorer in DePaul basketball history. 
How are you an NBA player? And that's what, 27th over? Uh, it's good. It's fine. But DePaul isn't necessarily a beacon of good basketball. The point being, this is the guy the Cavs love. This is the guy the Cavs have fallen in love with, and this is the guy the Cavs want to bring aboard. So we got three things going on today with the Cavs an hour 15 into this whole ordeal. Nyang, Max Struess potentially, potentially, and then the Karis Levert extension. Three big things. But the only thing I can think about is the big four. And that's where I want to start with you guys. 216474-0092. Is there a part of you that does want to run back the core four? You've watched these changes. You've seen these differences in the team now moving forward. With the adjustments thrown in there, are you thinking we shouldn't break up Allen, Garland, Mobley? Are you thinking, Donovan Mitchell, are you thinking that this is the core four that the Cavs should move forward with? 216474-0092, or are you waiting? Are you waiting for some big move to still happen? It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan. I've been reporting for the last couple of weeks that Struess is the top name on the Cavs' off-season wish list, and I think they're going to try and find a creative way to get Max Struess here. Now, there's competition for him. There are eight teams in the NBA that have the salary cap space, and they can offer Max Struess more than the Cavs can. But that's why a sign-and-trade would be appealing to the Cavs, because all right now they can offer a free agent. It's the $12.4 million mid-level exception, and the belief right now around the league is that Struess is going to get somewhere between like 15 to 18 million dollars so more than the mid-level exception and I think the Cavs would be willing to go that route and they would have to just package a couple of their quote-unquote ancillary pieces and maybe some future draft capital and second round picks to get a guy who would fit great on this team. All right, that's Chris Fedor on earlier today. Chris talking about Max Struess there and, and we got a couple spinning plates going on right now okay. Harris Avert extended. Also, we have the Niang deal. And what's fascinating about that, I actually was just reading Chris's latest on Cleveland.com. Those two are set in stone, basically. Again, we got sources all over the place that suggest those two are done. Still waiting on Max Struess. But the, the fascinating side of that, and, and Chris points out the amount of playoff games that Niang has. He has 46 postseason appearances throughout his career. That is most of anyone on the roster, including Donovan Mitchell. And so then you have to ask yourself and think about it just just briefly. Play the game with me for a second, and we'll get your phone calls at 216-474-0092. Go through Niang's basketball reference page and go through with the years that he spent and where he's been. He was in Indiana, then he was in ding, 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 Utah, and then Philadelphia. I kind of love the idea of the Cavs getting somebody that Donovan Mitchell's comfortable with and likes. I mean, I can only assume that Niang got the thumbs up from Donovan Mitchell when they played alongside each other as long as they did and as often as they did. And if you go towards some of what Niang was able to accomplish in Philly in the past couple of years, how much of that is based off of what he was able to do in Utah with Donovan Mitchell. We talk about this all the time when it comes to Deshaun Watson and the players that he brought over from Houston here, right? Like Jordan Aikens, people were blowing all over themselves to be like, oh, he's got Jordan Aikens. It's like, all right. I guess it is somebody. That's why DeAndre Hopkins is such a big point of contention. Playing with guys you played with before, knowing what they can do at any point, I think does matter. But right now we're asking you guys about not only the these deals, but whether or not there's a part of you that does want to run back the core four. 
based off of what you've seen them do in the first hour and a half of free agency, I'm not sure if Kobe Altman has an, a trick up his sleeve. I, I will always give him that benefit of the doubt. But based off of what we're seeing right now, I wonder if you guys would be comfortable staying with the big core four and then filling in the pieces the way it looks like they're filling in the pieces. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Cyril of Richmond Heights gonna lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Cyril. How you doing? Yeah, oh, what's up, man? Good. I cannot believe the Cavaliers are getting to be like them sorry guardians. Just feel to put anybody on the team. Spruce and, and Niang is bums. Them guys can't help you win a championship. They're no better than Chetty Osmond. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I wouldn't call them bums, but you're not wrong. It's not the shakeup that you wanted, Cyril. That's what you're telling me right here. By no means. I cannot. They, like I said, they, they begin to remind me of the Guardians because the Guardians will run anybody. If you go out there with a glove, they'll sign you up. They don't care. <laughs> it's all about money to, with them dollars, man. They don't care about winning nothing to begin with. But to sign those two guys, you wait for free agency to sign them two guys, you got to be kidding. If I was Mitchell and them other guys, I'd ask out. Thank you. Thank you, Cyril. That's a way to start us off here. Dolan's, by the way, taking some sort of uh, random stray. Somewhere the Dolans are sitting here listening to this radio station and being like, I just want to hear Jonathan talk about the Cavs. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I got brought up how? How did this happen? How did I get squeezed into this convo? Strays on a Friday night. They're just trying to enjoy their evening. Getting ready. Going to go uh, you know, paint the town red. Nice dinner. What's right, we'll, we'll on 92.3 The Fan? Let's see what's going on out there. And then, oh, oh Cavs conversation with JP. Nice. And then getting into it, all right, very good, making some good points like that, all right. And then, oh, wait a second, wait, how did I get brought into this? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Craig in India, next on the fan. Hello, Craig. Hey, how you doing tonight? Oh, what's up? First, first question you put out there. I'm okay with going back with the core four, but they they've got to supplement the weaknesses. Niang is okay. But, but Max Drews is not going to help this squad. A six-five-three, so we're going to we're going to potentially start two six-one guards with a six-five-three, and then two finesse big men in the East. It doesn't work, and that was one of the weaknesses. They've got to put some bulk, some height, and athleticism on the squad. Meaning, I, I can deal with, but man, Max Drews. I hope the deal falls through. I hope they can't wow. find the third team, because to me that. And like you, you laid it out. I mean, the dude didn't play well in the finals. Yeah, absolute zero, absolute zero in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, his shooting percentage is not that great. He doesn't create a shot off the dribble. The, the one thing I heard on your station earlier, they said he shot forty-five percent on three-point shots from the corner, but that's fine. But there's so many people can stand and shoot, but when you run him out of the corner, what is he going to do? Because he doesn't create his own shot. Yeah, unless, unless they try to do that Okoro play, where you know Okoro was a statue in the corner and they just just sat there and waited. I hated that play. Well, me too. But at least Okoro would flash to the basket sometime, and, sure. and with his athleticism, when they would run, he can finish. I would rather put the time into Okoro than to fool around with Strews, especially if they, you know, uh, use that mid-level exception on him when we need some other help. I, Let's see what happens. Niang is okay to add in a little bit of size. He shoots well coming off the bench, but please not Struz. All right. It's noted. Thank Thanks. you, Craig. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, and it would be a sign and trade. So it's not, you know, it's nothing towards that. It's just, it's just a, 
I hear you. We're very early into this, but I hear you. I want I want you to know you are heard. If this is what they run back, you have a right to be sitting there saying, did they really do enough? The, the fascinating thing about this, though, is that I, I still think Kobe Altman, at any given point, can turn it around and make some big-time splashes, and I know that because of what happened last year with Donovan Mitchell. So an hour and a half into this, I can't say that they're, th- they're thinking Struess, Niang, and then extending Karis Avert is all they're going to be doing. But it does bring the fascinating question at 216474 to below 92. Is there a part of you that does want to run back the core four, fill in the pieces this way, and then keep this thing moving? Dr. Bob, our buddy in Twinsburg, up next on the fan. Dr. Bob, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Jonathan. I just want to say uh, happy 4th of July in a few days. You um, too. Stay, uh, stay hydrated out there, and then we'll have the uh, hangover remedies all ready to go. That's right. I'll, I'll take my D vitamin and drink a bottle of water uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night because I'm off until Thursday. So nice. I got I got five days here to uh, enjoy myself. But getting to the issue at hand, uh, I do like the signing of Niang, um, the possible signing of Struess. Um, we all figured they were going to re-sign Karis Lillard. I'm glad it wasn't a huge deal. Um, but I still think we need some more size. I do want to run it back with this squad. We did make the playoffs. We won 51 games. One of the problems we had in the playoffs was nobody could hit a shot. We did get bullied around there a little bit. Um, hopefully this offseason Mobley puts a little more size on, but we can't count on that. So hopefully another trick up Kobe's sleeve would to be get us uh, – Another guy with some size to back up Allen and Mobley that isn't named Robin Lopez because, let's face it, he's he's done. Um, you know, we did add size with Nying. You know, he's like 6'7". And Amani Bates is another tall wing. Uh, who knows what he'll contribute this year, but if he could be a steal, you know, he was extremely low-risk, high-reward guy. That's what he is, though. And yeah, you can't we'll, depend we'll on see, that. We'll see what happens. Uh, we, we just got to see what happens with uh, the rest of free agency and if Kobe's got any tricks up his sleeve. But happy fourth again. I'll let you go. I'll listen to what you have to say, and uh, we'll go from there. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Enjoyed the time off. Uh, yeah, there's just – we're watching all these deals, and we're watching you know Chris Middleton agreeing to a three-year deal, $102 million. Kyrie agreeing to a three-year deal. He's going to stay in Dallas. As of right now, and Tom Withers, our friend, confirming Niang three-year, $26 million agreement. Agent Mark Bartestein confirming there. As of right now, it, it feels like with these three moves, I just want to tell you guys, Niang, Struess, extending Levert is not the shaking up of the snow globe that many people, many fans wanted. I'm okay with this being the beginning portion of what the Cavs do. In fact, I think it's a good start. I think it's a very good start. But I want to know from you guys, if this is what they do and this is all that they do, and then they decide to run back the core four, is there a part of you that says, you know what, they left some meat on the bone last year. Let's do this thing one more time. Let's see what Jared Allen can do in the postseason if given another opportunity to play alongside these guys. Let's let's see what this Cavs team can do because they are good enough in your mind. Or are you like me where I'm like, listen, I got a, I got a no-fly zone here where I don't want to trade Mobley. I don't want to trade Garland. I don't want to trade Mitchell right now. So the odd man out, if I'm going to shake things up and do it in a big way, is obviously Jared Allen. So if that means we trade Jared Allen and we got to get better some other way, then so be it. 
Fascinating. 216474-0092. Is there a part of you that does want to run back to core four, though? Charles, up next on the fan. Hello, Charles. Yeah, uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you have to run this core four back. This 15 151 games last year. And you finally got an all-star in Donovan Mitchell, and the fans want to get rid of him, and it makes no sense. And as far as George Niang, and did you see that guy when he played in Philly? The guy was a, yeah. a decent role player for the 76ers, you know? His best two so, years for the last two years in Philly, no yeah, doubt about it. I mean, you know, he, he actually played better than, than Tobias Harris, you know, at times, you know? <laughs> That's not so, true. I mean, you, you, can, you can either stick with Ricky Rubio, Dean Wade, uh, Dylan Wendler, which I know he's not here anymore, but, you know, or, or some of the other stuff that we had on the bench. It's already an upgrade already. You know, I, I just wonder what you think about it. Yeah, and so so here's where I am, and thank you, Charles. I appreciate you as always. Always a good call from you. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to be shocked if this is all they end up doing. I would not be shocked, but it does feel like you're leaving something on the table. It just does. It's just how I feel about it. I feel like, you know, the conversation a month and a half ago before the postseason would have been, of course we're running back this four, uh, this uh, this core four. Are you kidding me? Of course we're doing that. They, look at them. They're a 50-plus win team. They're making moves. They're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, let's go. But you lose in five games of the Knicks, and the way that they lost in those five games of the Knicks, it just it does make you question some things, and it does make you question how good this team actually is. I The goal for me for the Cavs is to go from that – Last year, they were a nice story. Can we all agree on that? They were a nice story. That's how they were viewed across the NBA. They were viewed as a nice story. That's like being viewed as the nice guy in a relationship, though. You don't want to be the nice guy. Nice guys do finish last in those scenarios. I want I want the Cavs to go from the nice story to being actual contenders and threats. You know, nothing that's happening here tonight so far, at least with Niang and with extending out Karis Avert, is taking you from the nice story to being a threat in the NBA. That's just the reality of it. I can't rewrite how that works. ESPN had us ranged as the 12th team this offseason, which means we are closer to being elite or closer to being middle of the pack than we are to being elite. That's just the truth. So I, I don't know exactly what Cavs fans want right now. I believe that Kobe Altman always has an ace up his sleeve. I, I think he's smart. I, I One of the very few NBA executives, or really, just let's talk about the city for a second. You know, Andrew Barry I know is smart. I know he's Ivy League smart. I know Andrew Barry could do a Paul DePodesta, where if you want to go from, uh, you know, playing around in the football sandbox to playing around in the baseball sandbox to playing around in whatever sports sandbox he wanted, he could fit right in and he would do, he would be very serviceable, okay? I don't think that way with Kobe Altman. But that's a compliment to Kobe Altman. Kobe Altman's a basketball guy. Kobe Altman's a smart basketball guy. And I know he's not going to mess this up. I got 100% belief he's not going to mess this up. He's too smart, basketball smart, to mess this up. Latest from Tom Withers. Nothing firm on Struce to Cavs chatter. May happen, may not happen. So now we are in a vague sense when it comes to Max Struce and whether or not he's going to end up with the Cavs. We went from... A couple different reports, including Mark Stein, to now we are having Tom Withers, which is as good as gold. Nothing firm to Struce, to Cavs, yet. May happen, may not happen. But I want to continue with you guys. 216-474-0092. Is there a part of you that does want to run back the core four? A lot of you guys are getting in. We'll get to your phone calls and more. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. 
It's overtime. Jonathan Peterson here with you guys on a Friday night on The Fan. Back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Beetle. And glad you guys be with me here on this Friday night. Right now we're talking about the Cavs as they are gearing up to I want to say make some more moves, but I, I can't entirely be honest about that because right now we're I'm looking around and I, I still I can't find anybody that we can like actually respect in the NBA business that is saying we have something with Max Struess to the Cavs. We have all sorts of chatter about Struce to the Cavs, them trying to find another team to make that one work. But what we do have right now is a three-year deal for Niang, and we also have the extension for Karis Avert. So there are a couple things in play for the wine and gold. You can't tell me an hour and a half in this is what the Cavs are going to do and they're going to stay pat. But if these are the moves that they end up doing, are you all right? Is there a part of you that says, I want to run back that core four? I've been telling you now, guys, for weeks I am not in the business of running back the core four, but I understand how incredibly hard this is. I understand that this is not an easy task that Kobe Altman has. How do you take a 50-plus win team and then turn around because you just get walloped in the first round of the postseason against the Knicks and lose in five games? How do you say we need to break that up? My quick answer would be this is not your daddy's NBA, where you get years to figure this whole thing out. NBA right now is the quickest league. It moves faster than any other league in sports. It's faster than baseball. It's faster than the NFL as far as the movement is concerned. I mean, think about tonight. How We're all shocked that Kyrie Irving signed a three-year deal to stay in Dallas. It's like, wait, you mean Kyrie's not on his one, two, three, fourth team in four years? You know, it's like, wait, how? what? Interesting. Okay. When In a league where... Six months ago, if you were a Phoenix Suns fan and you went into a coma and then you woke up earlier today, you'd be like, wait a second. We now have Durant and Beal and Chris Paul isn't on the team anymore? How in the hell did this happen? Did did somebody get into it? That's a move you make drunk at 3 in the morning on NBA 2K. That's not a move that you make in the NBA, but this is the new NBA. The new NBA is full of movers and shakers and people that want to get deals done, and it's just how the league is going right now. So I want to hear from you, 216474 to below 92. In that league full of movers and shakers and people that want to make deals, if the Cavs decided they didn't want to do that and be a part of that and were going to fill in outside of their core four, are you all right with that? James in Chagrin Falls up next on the fan. Hello, James. I think that, um, you know, it's like the, it's like the Guardians, too, where um, they need to snipe. They need to snipe someone in the draft. I, that's what the Cavs have to do, man. And um, it ain't about money. It ain't about that. They need to they need to luck out. They need to hit. You know. What do you think? So you want through the draft? So like Amani Bates is what you're saying. You 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 need someone like Amani Bates to hit. Well, basing it off of uh, more like um, pay the guys that you yeah the core four keep them around right yeah keep the core yeah so that's what yeah but you can't do on the radio that's what that's what that is you know. It's funny. I always, I always enjoy doing like the whole, like the big elaborate, like whoa, can't say that. Did we get it? Did we get it? And like you freak out, like it's like it's like a nine one one call or something. You're like whoa. No, we were fine. Oddly calm. Oddly calm during that last one. I don't know. James Bridges is running the helm here. Sometimes that scares me, but tonight it feels good. Tonight it feels right on a Friday night. Wednesday, James Bridges, I don't know about, but Friday, James Bridges. That's like that's like Jordan wearing the four or five. We're in good hands there. 
All right, two one six four seven four double oh ninety two. What do you do with the core four? If this is what they end up doing, and again, I, I don't know. I, I We have no way of actually knowing yet. I still think Kobe Altman's got some tricks up his sleeve, and I feel like Kobe Altman, if any GM in the NBA can get credited with potentially going rogue and doing something way off the beaten path, pun intended, 940 tonight with Jake, if anybody could, it would be Kobe Altman because we watched it last year as he came in there like a thief in the night and stole Donovan Mitchell away from the Knicks. Gave up a million picks, gave up a million dollars as far as the compensation was concerned. And I want to be honest about it, it's way more than a million dollars, but you know what I'm talking about. And was able to get a deal done that not many people expected, including Donovan Mitchell himself, who said so on the morning that the news broke. Like, I thought I was going to wake up and be a New York Nick. Turns out I, w- I ended up being a Cleveland Cavalier. 216-474-0092. Juice in Akron. I'm next on the fan. What's up, Juice? Yo, Juice. The Juice is loose, and he's not on the fan. Juice golf balls. Do you remember a couple things with Juice? Nike made a golf ball named Juice that I exclusively played before I was even an actual, like, what you would consider to be a golfer. I, I It was the only one I would play. Anytime I ran away, I just thought it was a cool-looking ball. At that point, Nike was awesome because of Tiger, and it was just awesome in general. Other juice I always think of, and everyone goes OJ. I don't go OJ. Juice Williams, number seven for the Fighting Illini. One of my favorite college quarterbacks of all time. He could sling it. I One of the very first, like, I feel like I'd made it moments in radio I'll get back to the Cavs in a second. Was when I acquired Juice Williams's number when I was working uh, before the network I worked at before I went here. I acquired Juice Williams's number and then sort of like you know texting back and forth. I had him on the show and then like we kind of became like semi buddies, semi buddies, and that was like a that was like a I, that was like me living out my my childhood dreams. And then one day I was at Wrigley Field. And he was the seventh inning stretch singer. And I didn't know he was going to be the seventh inning stretch singer that day, right? And Juice Williams was like, I texted him. I said, hey, Juice, had no idea you'd be here. Kill it with the stretch. And he responded back something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, I'm a horrible singer, but we'll get it done. Something along those lines, like something like that. And then he, it didn't go particularly well for him. It really, truly didn't. But, but the takeaway was that I was like, I'm legit friends with Juice Williams now. And then I haven't talked to him in a decade. When you got his number, did you uh, to yourself say, I got the juice now? I did not. I probably should have, though. You, you know what? Actually, knowing me when I did, I might have made some comment along those lines. How dumb was I back in the day, though? At no point in my bird brain mind did I think, Juice Williams? Let's make an OJ connection. I just I just never crossed to me all those different, never crossed to me. All right, anyway, 216-474-0092. Just living out dreams here, guys. No worries. It's a nice Friday. Christian in Painesville, up next on the fan. Hello, Christian. Christian, do we have the thing on? Oh, that's James. That is James. Christian, you there? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, no, we had the, we had the, the, oh, man, that was a Wednesday James Bridges move, not a Friday James Bridges move. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, how are you? Good. What's going on? Um, so about the core four, um, Honestly, my kind of opinion on the whole situation is they're still really young. Um, so I kind of feel like maybe two or three more years, 
would be suitable for that. And then maybe kind of look to look for major changes if it doesn't work out by then. Um, but I mean, their starting core is like 24 and under. I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell is the oldest one in the starting lineup and he's like only 25 or something he's like 26. that. 26. So, yeah. 26. Right. So I think, um, and, and also like with the Max Struess and obviously Max Struess hasn't signed officially yet or sign and trace mm-hmm. and George Neing, but I think one of the main issues that I saw last year was when it came down to like playoff time, they weren't able to shoot the basketball. So, and I feel like that's such a huge thing in the NBA game to be able to have guys who can shoot the shoot the rock. So for sure, for sure. So, um, but as far as like size and also athleticism, I do agree. Like, I feel like a backup center would be huge. Like Robin Lopez just isn't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to get it done. So, um, I also feel like if they're going to look to trade anyone, I would say Jared Allen, um, just because of how he played in the Knicks series. And some of the comments he said, like, he's low-key come off across his soft a little bit. So, Well, and I, I think that's kind of been – and thank you, Christian. I appreciate you, man. I think that's kind of been some of the rhetoric this offseason. It's not necessarily that Jared Allen came across soft, but it's that a lot of the Cavs in that series came across a little soft. And that's why if you want to shake the snow globe, I'm here. I'm here to listen to it. I, I have my untouchables, so to speak, but I'm also willing to say if Jared Allen is that – Jared Allen's not untouchable to me. Mobley is, Garland is, Mitchell is, but Allen's not. That's what you had to do. That's what you had to do. I'm okay with that. On the Max Drews point, we talked a little bit earlier about him as well and some of the deficiencies he had in the postseason. Right now, the most notable thing he's done in his NBA career, and this is not to pile on the man, okay? This is not what I'm trying to do. And just I'm being real with you guys, and I'm just spitting out realities. Most notable thing he's done in his NBA career is go 0 for 10 in game one of the finals against the Nuggets. Like, like the first 70, I don't know, 65% of NBA fans that are, that are in on the NBA, that love the NBA the way you guys do, when they hear Max Struess, that's what they think. Same way if I said Jokic, people would be like, oh, dude's won back-to-back league MVPs. Or if I say Jokic, people are like, oh, game three, 30, 20, and 10. Like, there's identifiers, there's things that stick out. You say Max Struess's name right now, and I know it's fresh off these finals. They're not even talking about the 32% he shot from three in the postseason or the 23% he shot in that series uh, just being an offensive black hole. They think game one, when the Heat needed to show life against the Nuggets, game one of the NBA finals, Max Struess went Goose egg, zero for ten. That's what they're bringing up. So the moves as of right now, in case you're just joining us, I'll reset it for you really quickly. Karis Avert with the extension. I like the extension of Avert. Obviously, he was really good down the stretch, really good the last month and a half or so. If we get that version of Karis Avert, awesome. Niang, three-year deal. I like the reconnection of Donovan Mitchell and Niang. I like they played together well. They played well in Houston. I liked what he did in Philadelphia last year. It's not a signing that you make where you think, wow, Cavs just blew my socks off. But it's definitely a signing that you make where you think the Cavs got a little bit better. And then we're working around the idea for a signing trade with Max Struess because that was reported a couple different spots earlier. Mark Stein had it as well that they were getting up to potentially landing Max Struess. They're still working out the other piece of that. As of right now, it doesn't feel as if it's a certainty. An hour ago, it felt like it was a certainty. Now it feels like could go either way. 50-50.
And I'll keep you posted here whenever anything does happen. But right now we're talking about whether or not there's a part of you that does want to run back that core four. Whether or not when you see what they're developing and you see what they're building around and what they're doing with this free agency that just opened up, if this core four is good enough. Chuck in Cleveland Heights up next on the fan. Hello, Chuck. Yeah, hey. hey. Yeah, I, I – um... I was just thinking, you know, I think the Cavs are kind of overpaying these guys a little bit, you know. Uh, I think they might have gave Garland his money too early. Um, yeah, I yeah. Only I mean, get, it was only going to get more and more expensive for him. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, he was, this is third year. He's getting $200 million. That's a lot of money, you know. He has the highest year. contract in, in Cavs history. Yeah, yeah, I know that. He, he's even better than LeBron. I mean, he's not good as LeBron. You know, well, but, you but gotta, anyway, each year the contracts evolve, though. You know, they get they get higher. It's like quarterbacks in the NFL, right, Chuck? Each yeah, year, but, but I'm talking. What, what is the statistics? His statistics are they getting better and better each year? Right, you know. but but think about it this way. So Patrick Mahomes, when he signed that half billion dollar deal, he was unequivocally the best quarterback in the game in my mind. But he was also uh, the highest paid at the time, right? And now you look forward, and there's six other quarterbacks that are paid more than Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, well, you, now you switch the sports on me. But anyway, um, I mean, we always. I, just, uh, I was wondering about uh, if anybody they should trade Allen and uh, maybe make Mosley uh, the center. You know, and uh, they need a a wing. I don't know this Struce guy that yeah. they keep talking about. Yeah, how yeah. Are they going to get him? I mean, because they gave they just gave LeBert some money, right? Yeah. So how are they going to get this Struce guy? So he's going to cost you. It's a pretty penny. It's about $16 million or so. It's a sign-and-trade. This is how they would be able to get this thing done. And, and, and why keep guys like Rubio and Lopez and, and, and Wade and them guys are just taking up space? And then I heard they gave Jetty some money as well, man. Come on. That's, that's money you can put on a good wing, man. You know, seems like. Oh, well, that's what they're trying to spread out. And thank you, Chuck. I do appreciate you as yeah. always. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're trying to spread out. Now, the, the, we can't get hung up with the amount with Darius Garland. I, I have a hard time getting hung up with a lot of that stuff because of the, the NFL comp that I mentioned there. You know, it, it was the, when they, when they signed, when Jalen Hurts got his big deal. No, sorry, it wasn't Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry. When Daniel Jones, this was made this more shocking. When Daniel Jones got his big deal, Patrick Mahomes was closer to making what Daniel Jones is going to be making than he was what the top quarterbacks in the game was going to be making in Jalen Hurts. Like, it was wild, but this is how this works. Average per year, of course, is what I'm referencing, but you get the idea. All right, 216-474-0092. We're going to get to the NFL coming up next hour. Just a little bit. I want to stay with this with just a little bit longer. If, is there a part of you that does want to run back the core four? At JPedlin on Twitter, overtime. Jonathan Pedlin here with you on The Fan.